This is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro from Prism Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Robert provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro. So I bet most of the time when you're out there thinking about your money and wondering about it, wondering about the future and where things may be heading, a lot of you are probably wondering what exactly is in your portfolio, right? Like what, what do I own? Do I actually know the underlying investments that I have in my portfolio and how their features work or any of these other things? And, you know, most people out there don't give much thought to it. You know, there's something we understand very well at the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. That's why today on our episode today, we wanted to do a deeper dive and help the people of Ohio a little bit better understand not only what different options are out there, especially when you're talking about investing, uh, but also realistically, this is something that's kind of a personal peeve of mine. Uh, You always hear these articles talking about how uh, the standard indexes like the S&P will outperform most of the funds out there. So why even try and buy a fund? Just Go with the S&P is what they will say. So we're going to do a deep dive into some of those statistics today and take a look at those numbers and tell you what they actually mean as we look at these different options. And hello, I'm Robert Dodaro, the host of the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. I'm also the founder of Prism Wealth Management. This week, as always, we've got our co-host, Mr. Tony Shore in the house with us. How are you doing this week, Tony? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Robert. And I'm excited to be here. And, uh, you know, we really are uh, talking a lot about uh, finances for those uh, here in Ohio. And I think it's going to be a great episode. Now, uh, there's a lot going on out there. Uh, so I know we have a lot to talk about. I, I mean, I think we're going to avoid talking about uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock. <laughs> And the Oscars. Oh, yeah. uh-huh, <laughs> but, uh-huh. We don't we don't need to cover that ground. We don't no. need to get into too much of the drama out there. There's <laughs> there's, there's enough drama in the marketplace to go yes. around right now. Yeah, market so. volatility, potential rising taxes, inflation, healthcare costs. And you know, we need to deal with these. I mean, basically that's that's the big four right there. Taxes, inflation, healthcare, mm-hmm. and market volatility. Well, yeah. And, and so, you, you know, the, the purpose of the show is to help the people of Ohio to help you, you know, think outside the box a little bit, come up with a new perspective on many of the old tried and true financial philosophies, wealth strategies, uh, but also when it comes to things like healthcare, estate planning, uh, personal finance, and even personal state of mind when it comes to planning for retirement. This show is here to be a resource for you to give you additional information, uh, stuff that you may hear nationally, but try and bring it back to a more local and state level for the people here. Uh, our offices are based in Worcester and Wadsworth. So we're in more of the closer to the rural, uh, slightly suburban areas as well, too, with where we are. Uh, but, you know, when you look across the state and you look across uh, the country, realistically, there's a lot of concern over all these issues. And I would say concern and stress usually happen when you have questions, but you don't have answers, right? Because you're worried. What do I do? How am I supposed to handle this? What's going to come next? But 
when you start developing answers to your questions, you feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more capable of handling what's ever headed your way. So hopefully this show will be a good resource for you. As always, uh, we we air on the weekends on WAKR. Uh, We come on Saturday and Sunday mornings there. But this is also a podcast that you can stream, whether it's uh, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon, or any of the uh, major streaming outlets out there. Uh, We always do a little bonus segment too. So our listeners know, uh, if you're one of the podcast listeners, uh, we, we always do a little bit extra for you. In fact, we also like to share the information that we're reading. So whenever we we, we find a resource or find information, uh, we put it together in a little bit of show notes for you. And every week for our email subscribers, we send that out to you just to kind of give you an idea and let you see the information and where it's coming from so you can have a better handle on the topics that we're going over. This here is to help you learn. And, you know, I think back to it. So you know, even little achievements seem big, right? Like the other night uh, I was putting my seven-year-old daughter to bed and, and we were hanging out and she had been away at the grandparents all weekend. So when it was bedtime, she really didn't want me to leave. And I was like, it's bedtime. I got to go. And she's like, stick around. And I said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll play rock, paper, scissors for it. All right. And at first I was like, what do you want to do? Two out of three? And she's like, no, let's do out of four. I was like, well, you can't do four, you know, <laughs> we could tie, we need an odd number. And so she's like, okay, well then let's do nine. I was like, all right, we'll do it. And this was one of the more epic battles of rock, paper, scissors I've ever been in. It was back and forth, up and down and it came down. We were tied four, four. And uh, she actually outthunk me, outthought me on this move as well and ended up winning and getting me to hang out with her for another five minutes, just goofing off. Uh, but wow. for her, you know, for her winning that game and out thinking dad, like she had been throwing rock so much that on the last one, I was like, she's going to throw rock again. So I, I, you know, I put paper down and she threw scissors and got me, you know, and she even told me she was so proud over the moon. And, you know, even when you're older, when you learn new things and gears start clicking and you start figuring things out, out, it's quite a good feeling. You know, I always, I always love learning new things. I have, you know, a pretty good passion for, you know, Hey, if I don't know the answer to that question, I'm going to go find the answer to that question. So in the past, we've talked about the importance of things like budgeting and understanding how your taxes work. Both of those are foundational pieces of a solid financial and wealth strategy in your life. But After you get those things handled, you're saving money, you've got a good cushion, you start thinking about, okay, where should I be putting my money? How can I grow it and get better results? And then as you get closer to retirement, it's like, okay, well, how do I take what I saved and turn it into income? So today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the growing side. And fortunately, I'm independent. So you know, for, for if you're not familiar with the show, uh, I'm licensed on the investment side. I'm licensed on the insurance side. So I get to see the whole spectrum of products and options out there to help people grow their money. So I can be a little bit, you know, more objective in that regards because uh, with it, well, you know, I mean, ultimately anybody can be objective. I don't want to act like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the only person capable of this or something. No, there's plenty of people being objective out there. But, you know, it gives me a little bit of a different perspective on the ins and outs of both industries the pluses and the minuses, uh, because I work in in depth with them every single day. So 
That being said, you know, today we're not going to talk insurance. We're going to talk investment. And the reason why I want to talk investment uh, is because one, most people have their 401ks. Most people are, that's their primary savings vehicle aside from maybe a checking and savings account. And most people I meet with have no idea what they are buying inside of their 401ks. And that's something that's a problem. You need to understand what you have going on. Uh, You need to understand your choices. You need to understand your options and what you have. this is part of the reason why when we walk people through our clear retirement solution, it's it's an educational process. Uh, I was a tutor all through college and helped people out studying different subjects. And so it's just built in me to kind of share knowledge with people. But when you're looking at your investments and you're looking at your choices, um, there are stocks, there are bonds, there are mutual funds, there are ETFs. There are all different kinds of investments. There are even more complicated investments we'll go into maybe a little bit later. But those are the four you know basic ones that most people know. And of course, stock, you know, you're, you're owning the company. You are part owner of that company. You own one share for every share. Uh, and there could be millions and millions of shares within a company. So one share doesn't give you that big of a piece of ownership, but you do own it. Uh, if the company has profits, those profits get paid out by dividend to the owners of the shares. So stock, we own the company. Most people know that. Bonds, bonds, you're actually loaning money. So instead of investing in them, you're letting them borrow money from you in exchange for interest payments and basically a guarantee that, you know, if you hold on to the bond for the entire term, you will get all of your money back plus the interest that it has earned. So this is why bonds are viewed as safer. However, you know, there is a time commitment. You have to be willing to spend that amount of time in a bond position if you want. Now, most people own mutual funds. I think that's the most common thing most people are familiar with. And a mutual fund is kind of where there's a an investment person who has their own recipe, their own methodology for picking stocks and picking bonds and blending them together to try and either outperform indexes, uh, you know, or, you know, get better results for people. And, uh, you know, those are what most people have in their 401k. Uh, there are all different types, some only by large companies, some only by mid companies or small companies, uh, some by international, some only by bonds, some by a mix of bonds. But I think uh, most people are in those target date funds where they pick a certain year. This is the year you're going to retire. And ultimately, there's a management team out there that is shifting you between stocks and bonds as you get closer to that date uh, in order to better better manage your risk tolerance. Okay. So the idea there is as you get older, you should be more conservative and probably have more money in bonds. You got to watch out if this is your 401k strategy right now, because I think most people know with bonds, right, Tony, you know, interest rates go up as we're seeing right now, the Fed just started raising them. Bonds go down. Okay. Now, why would that be? Right. A lot of people may ask that question. Well, if interest rates go up, why would bonds go down? Well, it's a loan, right? So let's just say I was loaning someone money and I was getting 3% on my loan. Well, a year ago, that would have been really good. You had been fine getting 3% interest on your loan every year. Well, as inflation creeps up, 3% interest may not seem as attractive. So the price goes down because people aren't interested in 3%. They want to wait for the 4 5 or 6% option to become available. So this is why there's a concern over the bond market right now with interest rates going up. So you got stocks, ownership, bonds or loans. 
Mutual funds are something that buy a, a blend of stocks or a blend of bonds or a blend combination of stocks and bonds. But they're there to have a manager kind of pick and choose what you want to buy for or what they want to buy for you. Uh, ETFs are similar to a mutual fund in that they're buying a lot of different stocks and bonds or specialized in one area, uh, but there's not the management team behind it. There's not that active management team behind it as much. Bonds are mainly, or sorry, ETFs are built mainly by like computer algorithms, you know, computer codes where they know to buy and sell at different times. But because of that, they tend to be way less in the fee column as well, too. You tend to save a lot of money, but get similar results uh, with an ETF. And in some cases, better results with an ETF. That means exchange traded fund. So when you're in the market, most people are buying one of these four things, whether they realize it or not, and all of them have their pluses and minuses. But the point of it all is to have a blend of products that actually suits your level of tolerance. How aggressive are you? How conservative are you? Where are you comfortable taking risks and where are you not comfortable taking risks? Sure. Everybody's situation. Everybody has a different risk tolerance is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And so it's up to professionals to assess that tolerance and create a blend of these products that ultimately makes sense for you and suit your needs because it's about what you can tolerate, but it's also about your goals, right? Like if you want to spend an extra $3,000 a month from your investments, you, you need a strategy that's capable of generating that income for you while, you know, not being too aggressive or more aggressive than you would be comfortable. So it's not exactly easy and it, it is something that takes a little bit of extra skill and time. And this is why we, we do the clear retirement solution. So this is our process where we take everybody and walk them through to understand where you currently stand. Like no matter where you are in life with your goals and your plans, where do you stand? Are you on track right now? What sort of lifestyle are you looking at if you decide you want to retire or as you're saving for retirement, what is it going to look like? Also, what kind of tax situation are you going to be in? Uh, are, you, are, you, are you actually making mistakes in that department right now. Maybe you should be going Roth IRA or maybe you should switch back to traditional contributions. All of these things play out in over your lifetime, not only the income, but the blend of investments, the fees that you pay. So the clear retirement solution is there to help you with all those categories as well as healthcare and legacy or estate planning. So we give you a top to bottom, you know, consider it like a 40 point inspection. You know, we, we, we look at you top to bottom, tell you the good, tell you the bad, tell you the ugly of where you're standing and all the five key areas of retirement planning, but also what options you have to help improve the situation. Sometimes your picture looks good, but here's some things that you could do to make it look better. Okay. So this process is a complimentary process. You can come and meet with me in either my Worcester or my Wadsworth office. We do Zoom appointments too still. I know a lot of people are still doing those. Um, but, you know, either way, it's a complimentary process that we're here to help you identify where you stand in terms of retirement planning and how prepared are you. So if it's something that you're thinking about, and if you are retiring in the next three to five years, this is definitely something you want to stay on top of now. If you're less than a year away, then you really need to get, you know, get, get into it. Uh, but all you have to do is call 330-804-0123. Again, that's 330-804-0123. Uh, or you can always visit us on the web at myprismwealth.com. But we'll be right back in just a moment with more Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about whether or not, you know, you should be looking at funds or whether or not you should just be going in the basic indexes. When you think of a puzzle, what would you say is the most important piece? A corner? A side piece? I would argue that the most important piece of a puzzle is the picture on the box. 
and the same can be said for your retirement. Robert Dodaro from Prism Wealth Management would love to show you your retirement picture. For more information, call 330-804-0123 or visit his website at wealthofohio.com. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through AEWM LLC. And welcome back to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast with our host, Robert Dodaro. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And Robert, uh, you were going to talk about some more about the difference uh, differences uh, between uh, just the indexes and mm-hmm. other types of investments. Uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So there's, you know, the common indexes most people know are the S&P 500, the NASDAQ and the Dow. Usually when you're hearing updates about the market, they're talking about those three major indexes and each one buys something different. So these are a group of stocks that have been put together, like the S&P is 500 stocks, the the NASDAQ is 100 stocks and the Dow is 30 stocks. Uh, All of these are put together to, you know, represent different information for investors. And I don't want to confuse people with this right now, but an index, just look at it as a group of stocks that have been lumped together uh, to measure the economy and help you measure the economy and how the companies are performing. So it never fails, Tony, every year. And we found an article from CNBC talking about how the new report finds that almost 80% of the time, active fund managers are not performing as well as the major indexes out there, like the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P. Um, and I, it never fails. People will come in my office and say, well, you know, why is that? Or shouldn't I just go buy an index fund then? Doesn't that make sense? And the one thing I always point out on whenever you see these articles, and if you look at the, if you're getting our our, our our newsletter, our show notes every single week, and you can always sign up when you call 330-804-0123. But when you get our show notes, you'll see the articles. There's a disclaimer. You have to click the disclaimer button and read it. And, and in the bottom of the disclaimer, you'll hear how they're saying, now you have to take into account your specific circumstances. Don't look at this as a recommendation in any way. Your circumstances do matter as to whether or not these strategies make sense. But I want to dive deeper into what this number is actually saying to you. Because you're like, man, 80% of the time it's doing, they're, they're not doing better that the, the, the S&P did better, right? Like, most I hear that say, all the time. You know, yeah. you, hey, why doesn't my portfolio keep up with the S&P or my broker uh, mm-hmm. doesn't keep up with the S&P. And you see those headlines all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's very tricky for people. So what are they actually doing? And and I mean, keep in mind, like only in the market does this actually make sense, right? Like if I went to a car dealership and the guy selling me the car said, well, this is better than 80% of the cars out there, but it's not the best, you know? Right. Like, or this TV is better than 80% or, you know, any other product out there. If you said that as your sales pitch, most people would back up. But for some reason, when the S&P says it, mm, you got to listen. And they're, they're smart. I mean, the S&P has been doing this a long time with great results. They have a proven track record. And that is, a you know, that is something to yep. compliment them on them. But as you read this article, and it's always a short article, and it's just quick highlights that they're going to tell you 80% statistic, quote somebody, and that's it. But Inside the article, it mentions the source is the S&P indices indices versus active scorecard. It's called the SPIVA scorecard. So I happened to go on and look up the SPIVA scorecard. Now, mind you, 
This scorecard is created by the S&P using information that is not available to the public. This is just the results that they share. <laughs> so again, Im- imagine that, you know, I said, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you how I came up with this 80%, but 80% of the time we're winning. And the longer you go, the, the you know, the better we look. And it is true. The longer you go, the better they look. The sure. problem is you that's, can that's go to That's true them. for almost all, all investment firms in some yeah sense because it's, it's all about it's all about your time horizon if you've got a long time in the market you can probably mm-hmm. do well well and when you go to their about section on the spiva scorecard it does tell you their methodology and one thing i found very interesting when i looked at the methodology is that you know when you're dealing with and first off you're dealing with a comparison to actively managed mutual funds you're not comparing it to etfs you're only comparing it to actively managed mutual funds and when you're talking about the us market they compared it to about a, a little over 1100 actively managed funds so if the s&p beat 80% of them that means means that there's over 220 actively managed funds that outperformed the S&P last year. So it's not like it's a short list of options out there that you can pick and choose from for options that you want out there. But the reason, one of the other reasons why they get better the longer you go is that a lot of these actively managed mutual funds might close. They might merge with another fund. Someone may buy them out. Well, the S&P doesn't drop that data off. They keep them on there as they're doing the scorecard as you go along. And there's there's valid reasons for that. Don't get me wrong. But it's still something you need to consider when you're evaluating the statistic that they're comparing themselves to companies that may not even exist anymore, right, uh, with that as well. So maybe one of the ones that was outperforming merged with another one that was outperforming and now they only have one company beating them instead of two right that's you know so again you have to know where numbers come from and where these these things come from but i could you know i'm not here to give you a recommendation and say which well if there's 200 of them robert which one should i buy not here to do that i need to look at your tolerance i have rules to play by when i meet with people and making sure that i'm buying the right things for them but you got. You can't act like there's not options out there that are going to outperform the S and P uh, and that don't have a history of outperforming the S and P out there. But outperforming the S and P may not be something you're comfortable with, and that's why you have to find the right blend and be able to to handle that level of aggressiveness out there as well too. And I think that plays out in, in what we read in the second CNBC article that we found. It's funny that they're both from CNBC, but you know so. In one breath, it's, you know, hey, you know, active fund managers aren't doing better. So the fund managers aren't outperforming the indexes. The next article is about how regulators are worried that they're going to have to crack down on the retail traders. So retail traders think back to GameStop, right, Tony? And, you know, AMC and all those things. The, yeah. The people, yeah. you know, buying for themselves in essence. So the, yeah. the government is so worried about what you buy for yourself and whether or not you understand what you're buying for yourself that they want to put new rules and regulations in place. That's right? crazy. That's crazy. I know. Right. So, like that, so, it, it seems crazy. Yeah. Rather than rather than reward these people who figured out that they could really stick it to the uh, hedge fund managers that were shorting mm-hmm. these stocks and making mm-hmm. they had no problem with hedge fund managers shorting stocks, which. Oh, yeah. Which is which is ethically questionable anyway. And then so, so when when the average Joe came along and a bunch of college kids decided Hey, we're we're going to actually use that against them, and it worked. 
Now, all of a sudden, the government wants to get involved. That is laughable to me. Oh, and I I mean, I knew it was going to happen. Like, when that game stuff stuff was going off, I was like, man, the new rules I'm going to have to deal with in that retail traders. I mean, think about that. Like, no other industry has to deal with rules like that. Like, I mean, you know, in terms of all that. There has to be some regulations when it comes to finance, people's finances, Mm -hmm. obviously. But yeah, they just they they always go about it the backwards way and and go after the wrong aspect of it to actually protect people. Well, and it's just think about the narrative. So the narrative is, you know, hey, you're not why go into one of those other funds? Just go into the basic indexes out there. Well, you're encouraging people to self-manage. And mm-hmm. when you self-manage, then okay, well, let me I, I got that. What else can I buy? Let me get some stock tips from some people. Let me get, you know, <laughs> yeah. let me go to these websites that oh. teach me how to buy. And some of them are good. I mean, in terms of all that, but through doing that, you get to the the you get to the natural evolution of this, which is some aggressive things. Like so we talked earlier about the basic stocks, bonds, mutual funds. There are things like leveraged and inverse ETFs, which are very aggressive things that you shouldn't be considered. I mean, the average person doesn't understand these things. And if they're buying them, there's a big concern. Uh, There's different types of investments that you have to be more educated on before you're buying them. And a lot of times when people come in and they are self-managers and I look at their portfolios, I, I look at it like, do you know what you own in here? Like, do you really understand what you have bought in here and the risks that you're exposing yourself to right now? And a lot of times the answer is no. You know, hey, it helped me make some money and and all that. So I get the need for regulation in here as well, too. There And the article even mentions that. There, there are a lot of aggressive positions that the average person doesn't understand. But trying to submit the average person to a, uh, a test or a questionnaire before they can make a decision on an investment like that uh, just stifles activity in the marketplace, in my opinion, it makes it to where they're trying to make it where the average person won't do it, period. Banning it indirectly, which there you have some concerns, at least from, a, you know, my uh, political perspective and all that. But as far as this goes, you know, you have to look at these options and look at, you know, what's going on out there and why these things are going on, because you can't encourage people like, oh, they're better off just doing it themselves. They don't need find like a lot of people hear that active fund manager thing and think about it as if they don't need a financial advisor. And it's like, no, that's not what they're saying. They're saying if you put the S&P in, in comparison to, you know, other uh, other companies that try and do something similar, then, you know, a- S&P wins 80% of the time. At least last year it did. When you see the full report, which is in our notes, uh, you'll see that it's not that way every year. In fact, there are years where the active people are beating the S&P. But for the purposes of a financial advisor, that question isn't the biggest question. The question for us is, okay, which one are you going to be more comfortable in as I'm trying to spend $1,000 a month out of that account, right? That's that's the big question we're trying to look at and answer for people is how do you build a plan and a strategy that allows you to get that income every single month uh, while still managing your assets in a way that you can be comfortable? So it's a different type of issue. There's overlap. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's overlap between the two, but they're not the same thing. They're different purposes and different reasons for these things. Like when I'm meeting with people, I'm helping them with Social Security issues, helping them on Medicare issues, helping them understand what their options are are when they need $20,000 for an emergency they didn't expect, uh, helping them understand, you know, how to pass the assets onto their family and maybe create some strategies that help, you know, create a more efficient tax profile, right? Like I want to be able to efficiently get my money out and, and not pay a lot of taxes as well too. So 
All these things come into play uh, when you're dealing with financial advisors. When you're dealing with someone who's just looking at your investments, yeah, it's okay, what stock should I buy or what fund should I be in or should I be in an ETF or any of those other things. But knowing what you're buying and understanding the risks you are taking are extremely important, especially, like I said, stress comes from having questions but not having answers. So if you don't know what's in your portfolio, then you're always worried when something bad is happening to the market. But imagine, you know, just like my daughter, when she felt so good about beating me at rock, paper, scissors, imagine <laughs> for a moment that you heard the news that the market was going down and you knew that it really wasn't impacting you. That would right? be, that's, that's what we all want. And mm-hmm. having a plan in place, working with somebody like yourself mm-hmm. can help you achieve mm-hmm. that. Now we're out of time uh, mm-hmm. for the show. It just flew by. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, obviously, the goal is to help people with these areas. You know, just like they always say, there's no guaranteed results in any of this, but a plan does improve your odds of success. And that's really what we're after. And we want you to leave with this thought. Think If you're thinking about retiring, ask yourself what a successful retirement looks like. What is it, if you were looking back on your life, the boxes that you needed to check off to say you actually had a successful retirement? And then give us a call. 330-804-0123. We want to know what you're thinking about and what your goals are because the Clear Retirement Solution is there to help you get organized, get your affairs organized in a way where you can start building a plan and having your assets work together to help you achieve those goals. We want you to have success in retirement and it starts by building a clear retirement solution. So all you need to do is call 330 330- 804-0123. Again, that's 330-804-0123. Or you can always visit us on the web at myprismwealth.com. But like Tony said, we're about all that's out of time for the show. We'll be back more with the Wealth of Ohio podcast, our bonus segment for our podcast listeners in just a moment. But to all our radio listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We'll talk to you next time on the Wealth of Ohio show. Thank you for listening to Wealth of Ohio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Robert Dodaro at Prism Wealth Management. Call 330-804-0123 or visit them online at wealthofohio.com. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Prism Wealth Management, LLC are not affiliated companies. Prism Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Prism Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein, provided by third parties, have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Prism Wealth Management, LLC. This radio show is a paid placement. And welcome back to the Wealth of Ohio podcast bonus segment with our host, Robert Dodaro. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And Robert, you were talking in our main show there. We talked a lot about uh, different types of investments, uh, risk, uh, how people try to keep up with the S&P and the claims they make. 
about the S&P beating all the uh, brokers and investment uh, companies and other portfolios. So I'm glad you clarified a little bit of what's going on there. Uh, what do you want to talk about in our bonus segment today? Well, so like this show is all about understanding the different options out there. So in, in the beginning, we kind of explained stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. Uh, remember, you can always go to myprismwealth.com and click on the radio link and re-listen to this show anytime you want. So if you want that refresher, you want to gain that knowledge, you know, sometimes you have to hear things two or three times. That's why we leave these resources there. Don't forget, you can also sign up for our show notes and get the articles and the resources that I talk about on the show. You can see them, see the information and judge for yourself. That's really what it's about is giving people that information. But, you know, we also talked a little bit about leveraged inverse ETFs. And again, those are very risky things. Uh, you know, there's, there's other options out there that are very complicated things like structured notes in the market. And all of these, like, just to give you an idea of what they are, like an inverse ETF is if the, like, say you're betting on the S&P, Inverse would say, if the S&P goes up, I'm going to lose money. But if the S&P goes down, I'm going to make money. So it's almost like a short type position where you're betting against something uh, with it. And if it goes down, you make money. So sure. understanding that and understanding there's extra fees and extra layers and those types of things, you know, the average person may not understand that. Uh, then you have things like leveraged, which, you know, market goes up one, you could go up three or 4%. And likewise, if it goes down, you could go down three or 4%. And the average investor doesn't, I mean, the level of risk you're taking on with those positions is not something for the average person out there. Uh, you would want to be a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more savvy and understanding because these fee, these positions do come with a lot of fees that you may not even be aware of that could be eroding your money. And, you know, they're very, very aggressive as what I would tell people out there. So it's not something that I'd recommend for people or anything else like that. Uh, it's something that, you know, it, 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 it's like you're going to the casino. I mean, realistically, that's what you're doing there. You're not building an investment strategy. You're gambling with those things. And I, I you know, I build strategies that are for, you know, something to give people confidence in. It, it's hard to feel confident when you're gambling with your money. Right. You know, like, I mean, that's that that's really what it is. So you want to take measured risks and those things just aren't it. Uh, so you have to look at that. But there's other options out there. Right. Like so when they talk about that whole 80 percent statistic, Tony, you know, they're, they're comparing it to actively managed mutual funds, but they're not comparing it to ETFs out there, which there are some good exchange traded funds. Like we said, uh, they're not comparing it to the passive positions out there as well, too, uh, with it. And they're not comparing it to private equity options out there as well, too. And again, there's there's those options out there. So what's the difference? You know, the S&P, those are publicly traded companies, you know, that they're buying. These are companies uh, like Apple and, and, and Google and Microsoft, companies where you can own stock in them. But not every major company out there is public. It's not They're not all listed on public exchanges out there. Uh, I even did a deep dive into the state of Ohio, Wealth of Ohio. We got to give you some Ohio stuff. So actually, there are about 170 privately held companies in the state of Ohio. So these aren't something where you can go online and buy a share of them. In fact, the largest private equity company inside the state of Ohio is nationwide insurance, believe it or not, wow. uh, with it as well, too. So and actually, I work I have several employees that have retired from companies that are private companies or employee owned companies even as well, too. And they do very well for themselves. So 
understanding the differences, understanding the choices. And, and this is just the market. You know, we haven't even touched on insurance products or anything else like that. How you can use annuities or life insurance in different positions to generate income for yourself as well, too. But you got to start understanding what you're buying and because each one of these things does come with a different level of fee, a different cost associated with it. And I'm not opposed to paying for something, right? Like normally I tip pretty well when I go out, you know, in terms of that as well too. I'm not I'm not opposed to paying for quality and all that, but I don't want to overpay for something. That that's really what it boils down to. I want to make sure I'm getting good value for the dollars that I am spending out there. And if you don't understand what you're buying or how it works, you are putting yourself in a lot of jeopardy and risking a lot of your financial future uh, on things. And you know, I mean, it's one thing to you know, like if you wanted to take a part a piece of your paycheck and go have some fun on the night, go to the casino or something like that. But you don't take the rent money. You don't you don't bet your financial future at the casino like you. Don't cash in your 401k and go bet it on the roulette wheel, right? Like that's, you know, that that no one would look at you as if you were a sane person if you were trying to do something like that. So you, you want to understand what your tolerances are, what your risks are, because the market is a volatile area right now. Like Tony said, you've got all the stuff going on in, uh, you know, with Ukraine and Russia. You've got, uh, you know, people ask me pretty regularly, Tony, like with everything going on, what am I concerned about moving forward, Right. Uh, I still think the Fed rules the market. You know, watching the Fed every six weeks, the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, has a meeting and they decide if they're going to raise interest rates or not. Uh, if they keep raising interest rates a quarter of a percent each time, I think the markets will be fine. If they start bumping it to like a half a percent or a full percent or something like that in one meeting, uh, that's going to create some problems in the market and create some problems in the bond market, as we discussed earlier as well, too. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, there's there's still the risk that Russia goes beyond Ukraine. Uh, there's the risk that another, you know, proxy war, we'll say, breaks out. Maybe China and Taiwan happen or Iran goes after some territory. You know, those types of things are always risks of happening and expanding the current conflict is definitely a concern. Uh, realistically, there's political concerns here as well, too. I mean, I know uh, that a lot's going on in, you know, the current, st- current state of affairs here. Um, understanding our budgets, understanding how things work, understanding politics, you know, in terms of it, you know, people, people ask me, you know, like I get people that, you know, love the current president. I get people that hate the current president. Same thing with the last president. You know, I I can talk to all sides here. I'm a non-biased person uh, in that regards. But, you know, even for the people who don't like the current president, I'm like, you know, what happens if he's not in office? In there, right? And and sure. the vice president were the president. I don't I don't know how the markets would react to that one. Yeah. As well, too. So sure. um, you know, in there. So these are all Good concerns point. that that could be happening out yeah. there. And if they do happen, yeah, the market's gonna react. What matters for the average person, though, is building a plan and building a strategy that you know you're comfortable with. And this is where there are options where it's like, hey, you know what? I don't want this. Like, I don't care, Robert, if it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, any of those things you talked about. I don't want any of it. I don't like risk. Okay. Well, what are your options out there that can keep your money protected and give you some options that let your money grow in a way that's going to outpace inflation? 
right? right. I mean, that, that's a concern too. You know, keeping it safe is one thing, but losing to inflation is another. So there are options out there. There are different choices. Like we said, we don't have time to get into them on today's show. We'll try and do another show on them in the future. Life insurance, annuities, what they are. We've done past shows. Again, they're on our radio page on my prismwealth.com. You can go check them out and listen to some of our past shows on these subjects as well, too. But, you know, in the end, there are options, there are choices. Each one of these choices comes with certain pluses and certain minuses. There's no one option that's perfect and has no negatives associated with it. There's always a risk. There's always a concern. So, you know, it's about finding the blend of products, right? Because I think, you know, Tony, you know, most people, they, they want the product that, you know, gives them as much money, like they want to make as much as they can without any risk while paying no fees. You know, if it, if it had some tax advantages and some estate advantages too, all wrapped up in it, well, that, that'd be the perfect product for everybody. Uh, the problem is it doesn't exist. You know, there's, there's not, there's not one product that does all of those things. There are tons of different products, tons of different options out there. So you have to find a way of blending all those products together to create a strategy that actually you can be comfortable in while generating your income in retirement uh, as well. Cause those are two very big priorities. Like if you want to stop working, right? <laughs> Those those are kind of big priorities for you, I believe. So with that, developing a plan, you know, I always tell people to a plan isn't a plan. Like if you pass away and the plan falls apart, it's not a plan. So yeah. if you are one of those retail traders or do it yourself or, okay, you better be teaching your spouse and teaching your family or at least someone like, hey, if I die, you know, here's what you need to do to pick up the pieces. All right. Because if you haven't done that, then you've got a problem. It's why even me, there's no guarantee I live forever with my clients. You know, I'm sorry. I, you know, my life is life. Uh, but if you have a written plan, something that's actually written down where you can see the steps and you can see what's going on, well, then you could go work with another professional. You could go and look at it yourself if you wanted to sure. and know step by step what you're supposed to be doing. That's part of what we build with the Clear Retirement Solution is there to help you understand, okay, this is when we think you should take Social Security. These are the tax strategies you should be using while you're getting that money every single month. Uh, meanwhile, here's how we do things in a way that's going to help your money pass on to your family in a way where hopefully the government doesn't get too much of your money, you know, realistically, yeah. uh, and solve some of these other issues for you. But you got to do it little bit by little bit can't do it all at once. You know, like if you, anyone who comes in and meets with me, if they, you know, if they think they're getting sold on something, it's, it's going to take them a long time to get there. I'll just say, because, <laughs> you know, we want you to have that knowledge. We want you to have that information. These are difficult choices. And for me to act like I know everything that's going to be best for you for the rest of your life. No, that's, that's not a realistic assumption, but here's a couple choices you have. Here's the good and bad. Tell me which one sounds more like what you're looking for. And we'll explore it a little bit deeper before we start acting on anything. Okay, great. Now we're on a level playing field and we can work our way through and find the right option. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do. That's the goal. And this is why we share the information that we do. And if you want some of these articles and some of these resources, whether it be the two CNBC articles or the SPIVA scorecard for the U.S., uh, all you got to do is register to be on our email list. You can do it when you call 330 330- 
804-0123. Just leave us your name, your email address, and your phone number just in case we have a spelling problem or something like that. Don't worry, we're not going to bug you on the phone or anything okay. uh, You know, with it as well. You can go to our website, myprismwealth.com, and uh, email us. Our, you, know, uh, you can actually schedule something, schedule a phone call with me there, uh, or just message us and let us know that, hey, you know, you want to get on the email list. But, uh, you know, it's up to you. You know, realistically, when it comes to these issues, Issues, you want to learn, you you want to start slowly but surely. I, I don't believe that it's too late to teach an old dog new tricks, okay? Like, I just don't. Uh, you are capable of learning. You are capable if you desire it uh, with it. And your financial future is something that, you know, you should have that desire for. Uh, even if you don't, okay, you need to find someone you can work with who can at least explain things to you in a way that you understand. And that's really important when you're looking for someone out there as well, too. But I think that's about all the time we got for this week's show on the podcast. Uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for tuning in as always. Uh, Tony, thanks for being here with me as well, too. Great yeah. show today. And, uh, you know, like I said, be aware of your options, everybody. Know your choices. It's very important. Uh, but that's about all the time we have for the Wealth of Ohio podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, with more Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. But I'm Robert Dodaro signing off for Tony Shore. We'll see you next time.